You heard the children. You did hear the children, right? Welcome to 2022 and welcome to The Truth of the Matter Is. This is podcast episode number 31. I'm your host, Daniel. And I'm here with my brother, Jonathan. Jonathan, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. And Happy New Year to all of our new and consistent listeners. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We do believe we have a good conversation set up for you today but before we get started shall we pray yes do you want to do the honors i don't think i'm the right person to lead us into the new year so why don't you lead us in prayer oh wise one oh come on man you're wise too you can stop it you can cut it out but okay (laughs) right you know the the earth's Dependency relies on this prayer, and I guess that would be me, you know? This, I guess is, I this is an important role. Are you up to this? I think I am, you know? They're all depending on me, and I'm not going to let them down. Okay. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, we know that your name is above all names. Your power is beyond anything we may think or even imagine. Your love for us is unmatched. Your overwhelming dedication to see how humanity rises to the occasion and doesn't fall has always been present and should never be questioned in your vision for us. Lord, we love you and give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise on earth and as it is in heaven. Father, as we go, To your word for insight, direction, we pray that our listeners put our suggestions today into practice. And by doing that, they will honor you. And so that they may be more of a blessing to whoever they encounter and to whoever is led by them. Lord, let them be a blessing to each and every one of the individuals that they meet, see, or know. We ask that you provide godly direction, understanding to our minds and our hearts. We say this with confidence and in all of the intentional compassion we have used for today to create this podcast, we hope that it resides in our hearts and minds to those who listen to us. So with that in mind, and on that note, we say these things in Jesus' all-powerful name. Amen. Amen. And you see, I couldn't have done that. Oh, come on. You do plenty of pauses. You you, you know, you do the pauses. You know, the pauses where you just sit back and you be like, let that breathe for a second. And it's quiet. It's, It's definitely quiet. It's appreciative, you know. So... Welcome to 2022. Thank you for giving us a listen. And we're going to let you know that there are two halves to this podcast. All coming out of the book of Luke, 
chapter 12, verse 4 through 11. Now, the first half is instructive, as obviously. And the next half is the theme. So, Daniel, do the honors of reading the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verse 4 through 11, please. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Yes. I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. I tell you, whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But whoever disowns me before others will be disowned before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But anyone who blasphemizes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. When you are brought before synagogues, thank you. When you are brought before synagogues, rulers and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourself or what you will say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at the time what you should say. Great job. So let's get started. So we are going to dive in on verses 4 through 6, 8 through 9. And at the end, for the theme of the year, we're going to dive into 11 and 12. So, what made the first Christians so inspirational was their faithfulness towards Jesus Christ. They had a conviction in Christ Jesus and his message, which was the good news. The gospel wasn't a preference to them. One of the last things Jesus said before he departed from his disciples can be found in the gospel of John. Chapter 16, verse 33. And he says, in this world, you will have trouble. Now, if I'm being honest, when I first read this as a baby Christian, you know, only having milk, not solid food, which is a reference from Paul in the book of Corinthians. Right. I was like, what kind of trouble? Right. I thought about being a Christian meant is that you're saved, right? I'm going to heaven. I've accepted Jesus Christ into my life. Everything's going to be fine. Hallelujah, right? I did a good job. People appreciate not only my decision, but now we can go to church together and have a good time, right? Thought I did a good thing, which is what you did. You did a good thing. And all praises go to Jesus Christ, you know, God the Father. So, what's the problem? You know, this is my line of thinking when I first became a Christian. 
or a follower of Christ, right? When Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross. For sure, I knew that was a profound statement. Now, in short, it means that you will have to go through a process that is called dying to yourself. Now, as we continue to methodically go through Luke, you will learn more and more about what that technically really means. Now, Jesus warns his disciples and essentially all of his followers, which includes us, those who have accepted him, and those who are potentially looked, looking to be followers, that in this world, you will have tribulation. As a matter of fact, there will be distress. There will be suffering. But Jesus says, be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. Interesting statements, right? Now, again, my first thought was like, are you serious? Come again? If you ask me, that's a lot to consider and or reconsider at that. I thought that nothing was going to happen to me, right? But wrong. That's not what happens. So just want to put people on notice here that when you come into into the kingdom and you're a part of the kingdom, you accept Christ, it's a beautiful thing. But there's a challenge there. The reality is when you're full of truth and people aren't, that's alarming and it's considered a problem. When you represent the truth and people don't, that's also an issue. Opposition will always exist. The same way there's good, guess what? There's evil. You know, in philosophy... They would categorize this as a necessary evil. That's good needs, right? Bad and bad needs good. So in philosophy, that's what we call it, a necessary evil, where good needs bad and bad needs good, right? And, and what they try to say is when it comes to trying to make sense of things, there's always a need for an alternative. So, you know, some of the popular suggestions that relate to this would be something of the sort like you know you have right-handed people well guess what you have left-handed people there's light but the absence of light is darkness you have cold and if you're not having cold it's hot there's black and then there's white i'm sure that everyone understands the image i'm painting right so sitting in those philosophical classes were always interesting because the idea you hear, right, the ideas you hear from supposedly great minds was a joke sometimes. Not all of what they were saying could be comprehended. It made sense. However, they were critically thinking. They were trying to explain or make sense of things that were happening. So Jesus tells us, right? Back to what Jesus is telling us is that we should take heart, right? And he lets us know that he overcame the world, which means that his conquest has been accomplished. 
his victory abides, right? Now, abides means that it continues without change. It endures. It will last. It shall continue for a very long time without change or wavering. So Jesus Christ was resurrected by Jesus. Jesus Christ was resurrected by God, the Father. And we learned a few things. So let's take a look at the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas. And then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. Most of whom are still living though some have fallen asleep then he appeared to James then to all the apostles and last of all he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born so what you see here is Jesus appears to more than 500 brothers and sisters at the same time most of whom are still living though some have fallen asleep and as we mentioned previously and some episodes back, falling asleep in this text means dying. It's just a nice way of saying dying. That leads me to go back to the first Christians who saw Jesus alive and well, physically presented. Which means everything he said had to be true. If we are being honest, it's hard to say that more than 500 people who have been testifying and our witnesses to seeing Jesus in the flesh after his resurrection and it's pretty hard to say that they didn't see that right that it's a bit of a stretch to say that their testimony their witnesses that were present when this occurred that all of a sudden 500 people is not enough as a matter of fact the text says more than 500 people so the reason why i say that the first christians are so inspirational and necessary because they actually set an example for us in the text and we start with a reminder Dan, can you remind us of what was stated in the book of luke chapter 12 verse 4 through 6 please i tell you my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. So the early Christians understood this well because they faced a cruel man by the name of Nero. You see, Nero was the fifth emperor of Rome. He was adopted by Roman Emperor Claudius 
at the age of 13 and it succeeded him to be the next one on the throne. Nero being in a position of power historically is viewed as one of the most historical greatest criminals that ever existed. His name has been synonymous with evil and the acts of destruction. He ordered a hit on his stepbrother who he was in fear of because he thought his stepbrother was going to take his position as king and his mother which is if you ask me pretty cutthroat right now if we are being honest this is nothing new when it comes to power and influencement during the time of kings and queens and dynasties and a dictatorship style of authoritarian governments right how this all lies in a biblical and historical context is that nero participated in the olympic games he understood how to put on a good show, especially when it came to participating in arenas. In those, semi, in those same very arenas, he also put to death Christians for sport. During gladiator matches, he would feed Christians to lions and he would offer lit, often lit his garden parties with the burning carcasses of Christian human torches. Carcasses. Thank you carcasses really sick and delusional if you ask me thank god that nero's reign ended when he committed suicide at the age of 30 however the amount of christians that died on his watch was quite a lot the early christians who saw jesus with their own eyes believed him and his message and they were faithful to him they knew their souls were safe however in regards to their mortal bodies, it was food to the lions. It was a show to many who watched believers suffer. Jesus was crucified as well. Let's not forget that. He became a sacrificial lamb, but he knew he had a place in heaven and therefore endured for us. So the statement Jesus makes is fear God, not those who look at you. And could put you through pain and suffering here on earth. Now, an example of whom we could also look at is a person named Stephen in the book of Acts, who was actually stoned to death after providing truth, right? So Jesus tells us that. In the book of Luke, chapter 9, verse 24 through 27. And we're going to take a look at this in the Amplified Version, and it states, For whoever wishes to save his life in this world will eventually lose it through death. But whoever loses his life in this world for my sake, he is the one who will save it from the consequences of sin and separation from God. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, wealth, fame, success, and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed, here and now, of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and the glory of the heavenly. Father and of the holy angels, but I tell you truthfully, there are some among those standing here 
who will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. Very powerful statement. But Jesus, again, addresses something very similar. Now, let's look at verse 8 of 9 in Luke 12, which says, I tell you, whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But whoever disowns me before others will be disowned before the angels of God. Yeah, so representing God, no matter how big or how small your platform is, happens to matter. Knowing the truth of the matter is we represent God with the platform that we've been given, the opportunity that's been afforded to us. I believe without a doubt we're doing a good thing here. Whether it grows or whether it's mediocre or whether we get two or three people that check it out in a couple of days or whatnot, in the end it's glorifying God. It's giving him the honor and the praise. Publicly acknowledging Jesus Christ is essential to the message of the kingdom and the integrity of the gospel, which is the good news. The life and story of Jesus Christ, the message of the cross, are stables. Now, I want you to remember this also. The most famous historical figures in our history, whether that's biblical history or world history, are not known by what they liked or disliked, but rather what they represented. And according to Paul as believers, we are ambassadors for Christ. He says, and I quote, I believe, therefore I have spoken. I repeat that. He says, and I quote, I believe, and therefore I have spoken. And with that, we are called not to experience wrath, but to be a blessing to others. This is why we are lights in the dark world. Every time we want to enter the world, every time we enter a room, a territory, we bring God's love, light, and life into the picture. With that being said, we must stand strong as a unit for the sake of righteousness and the desire of peace and understanding with one another. Now, the theme of 2020 for the Truth of the Matter is podcast. 2022. Wow, 2022. I don't know why I said 2020. Got that mixed up. But the theme of 2022 is to fill up your jar. Fill up your jar. And the inspiration came out of the book of Luke, chapter 12, verses 11 through 12. And Daniel reminds us of what it says. When you are brought before synagogues, rulers, and authoritarians, do not worry about how you will defend yourself or what you will say. Well, the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. So as a reminder, this is what our mission is on the truth of the matter is. It's about providing an honest, contextual, and historized view of the Bible. Something we've done today was provide a historical view of Nero and how he plays a role in biblical history. Now, we operate through the use of hermeneutics, theology, and the personal experiences from myself and Daniel. We hope to help listeners gain knowledge, open perspective, as well as give practical ways of applying the teachings to everyday life, all through the inspired Word of God. We are Bible 
Bible-based podcast. That's what we are. We are a Bible-based podcast. Our topics are inspirational, predominantly coming from God's word. That is foundational in truth to us. So when we look at what Jesus is telling his disciples, in fact, future followers of Christ, is that we shouldn't worry. Why shouldn't we worry? Jesus says. Because the Holy Spirit would teach you at the time what you should say. So this portion of the text made me curious. But I remember something Jesus said. He says, bless are those who hear my words and do what it says. What is the Bible? That would be God's word, which we can't separate him from. You know, we read in texts like the Gospel of John, chapter 10 and 30, which says the Father and I are one. Again, this is in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 30. The Father and I are one. We read in the Gospel of John, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's in the NIV version. If we check that out in the Amplified version, it says, In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, Christ, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God himself. We read in the NLT version, in the beginning, the word already existed. Interesting, right? The word was with God and the word was God. If we read to verse two, we understand that Jesus was continually existing in the beginning, co-eternally with God. So to be clear, Jesus was not created. What I am getting at is this. One of the ways that we can help elevate our lives in the kingdom mindset is to fill up our jars. Daniel, can you read in the Gospel of John chapter 16 verse 13 through 15 and it states When he, the spirit of truth, comes he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. So part of what the Holy Spirit hears and what he speaks to you is based upon what you expose yourself to. Part of what the Holy Spirit hears and what he speaks to you is based upon what you expose yourself to. And I say that because in the context of how I am explaining it, it's that a jar represents something that you place items into. When you want to use those items, you uncover the top to go inside the jar. It could be anything. When we play games, you know, we use a hat, we use a container, we use a jar. We shake it up, we pull out what it is. And based upon that, that's how the game is played. Now, the reason why I'm talking about based upon what you expose yourself to, has a lot to do with how you are more affiliated with your Bible. The more affiliated you are with your Bible, the more you can pull from it. 
you know, in Romans 12, 2 says, let us not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed, transformed by the renewing of our mind. The way that we renew our mind with the proper things is based upon biblical teachings, stories, and things that has happened that can help inspire us or warn us about what has already happened or what's to come. Interesting enough, let's look at Romans chapter 10, verse 14, and, it's, and it says this. But how can they call unto him to save them unless they believe in him? Let me say that one more time. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? So at that time, they had the law. However, we know that Paul has written most of the New Testament books. And he was living proof that in those moments, he felt the need to record what was transpiring to help us. Right. He also tells us in the book of Acts that these stories were written for our benefit, which means that everything that he was recording, you know, pre-recording everything that he was putting in writing was to better assist us, right? If you look at all the New Testament, Corinthians is a church, Acts is a church, right? All these things that we read, Philippians, Philippi, Ephesians, those are all churches that he was speaking to. They were writings that were designed to assist new believers. So he did this to help us, to assist us. Part of being an annoying is reading your Bible. Getting better affiliated with God's word. Understanding some of God's ways. There's a reason why these things are here. It's a roadmap to understanding what has happened in the past and how it's analytical to the present. Nothing that's happened in the present is anything new. Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. Everything that has already happened or is happening is a recycling of the mistakes and choices that have been taking place in the past. Which is the reason why people have a desire to write books. They write books based upon the experiences that they go through. They put it in writing so that those who read it have a way to counter the challenges that they're facing without it being pre-recorded, without it being written down and them expressing why they wrote it in the first place. Then it all it is, is it can be viewed as something in vain. But it's a design to equip you and whatever it is that you're struggling with or you're having a challenge with. You will begin to understand that once you study the four Gospels, reading about Jesus is understanding who God is. Because we learn in Colossians 1.15 that Jesus is the exact living image, the essential manifestation of the unseen God, the visible representation of the invisible, the firstborn, the permanent one, the sovereign and originator of all creation. Filling up your jaw is filling yourself with more than with more of God's word. 
when we look at first John chapter 22, well, when we look at first John chapter two, verse 27 in the NIV, it says, as for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things that all things and as the anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. Now, let's look at that in the NLT. But you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. Now let's look at the the Amplified Version. As for you, the anointing, the special gift of preparation, which you receive from him remains permanently in you. And you have no need for anyone to teach you. But just as his anointing teaches you, giving you insight through the presence of the Holy Spirit about all things, and is true and is not a lie. And just as his anointing has taught you, you must remain in him, being rooted in him, knit to him. So the whole purpose of this is that the Holy Spirit has assisted you. A few episodes back, we talked about love and we talked about the challenges. And one of the things I want to reiterate and at least express in more detail is that a lot of the things that we go through is well aware, is noted, is documented that we can't do in the law. Some of the struggles that transpired in the Old Testament had a lot to do with individuals that could not do it alone. God is aware of that. Jesus is aware of that, which is why he sends the Holy Spirit to assist you. So part of filling your jar is the Holy Spirit. Reminding you of some of the things you read, right? Filling up your jar is simply reading God's word and writing down verses to remember for situations that come up. You read God's word enough, the Holy Spirit will help you and tell you what to say and how to move in life. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So you speak life into your situation, then things will improve, right? For an example, and I've mentioned this previous times, if we go to the book of James, it says, consider it pure joy when you face trials and tribulations to know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish this work so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If anyone lacks anything, let them ask God who gives generously without finding fault. That's one of the ways. But before I give you a legit example of that, when Jesus died, He sent the advocate, which is the Holy Spirit, to help you. Like I have mentioned earlier, let's actually take a look in the book of Acts. As a matter of fact, let's go there. Let's go to chapter 7, verse 55, and I'll let Daniel read that. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus, standing right at the hand of God, at the right hand of God. Look, he said. I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and, yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city, and began to stone him. Meanwhile, 
The witnesses laid their, clo- their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold the sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Now, what makes this extremely familiar is that when Jesus was on the cross, he said something like the same thing. He said, Lord, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. So here you have two instances where pain is happening to them, and yet the love of God, the Holy Spirit within them, gave them not only the bravery, but also the love to understand that their ignorance is what led them to do the things that they did. Right? So being used by the Holy Spirit gives you the heart to address things with grace and mercy, but also reminds you how to act and move. And the one of the ways that it can speak to you in situations that it reminds you of what you put in your jar to help you in that situation. Now, I use the illustration of a jar because here's an example of how this plays out. So hypothetically, let's say that you're in a coma. Everything's shut down but your mind. And you're trying to to figure out how to have hope in that moment. You're panicking. You're stressed out. You're in fear. Because you read your Bible, in that moment, you would know that God would never leave you nor forsake you. You know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know that God works all things to the good to those who love him and accord according to his will. You know that the prayer, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful, effective. You know that God loves you in spite of your circumstance and situation. You know that in that moment, you have various stories you can go to. The Hall of Faith and the Book of Hebrews. The stories of Gideon in the Old Testament in the book of Judges in 1st and 2nd Kings. The stories of Paul. The stories of Peter. You can go to all those sources of information to encourage you and to motivate you that you will see that situation through the end. And if you don't fill up your jar, your fear and the despair of the moment that you're in will overtake you. Your anxiety will build up to a point that you won't be able to manage. The stress levels that you'll reach will be untainable. What the word of God does is it speaks life into your situation, your predicament. And it encourages you along because every person in the Bible has a story. And God brought light, understanding. And it allowed you or it allowed them to see through it through the end. The more you feel you're filled with the word of God, the more you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And then it starts to change. You start to change from the inside out. Filling up your jar is doing that. Filling up your jar is helping you respond in predicaments. Another reference is if we go to the book of James, it says, be quick to listen, slow to speak. 
slow to become angry because anger does not produce the righteousness that God our Father desires. Instantly in those moments, you respond appropriately. We talked about reacting and responding. Reaction could be any sort that occurs based upon your flesh and how your flesh is feeling. We are not people that operate in the flesh. We, we are fleshly, but we operate of the fruits of the spirit. So I want to leave you with this before we. There will be no devotional today. This is a new year. The devotion in itself has much more implications and relations in regards to filling up your jar. So I encourage you that when you go through your study this year, whether you're reading the Bible a year, whether you're reading a book a week or a day or a verse a day, write something down that feels inspirational from God's word. Recite it. Make sure you know it. Place it in your spirit. Some of the things I do is I understand that the whole armor of God is essential to how I move and operate. Right? The helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the chest plate of righteousness, the shield of faith, and my feet ready to bring about the gospel of peace. When I think about such things, I think about things that are true, noble, right, pure, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. These are such thoughts that I have that are positive. I make sure all my conversation is seasoned with salt that comes out of the word of God. So that's my devotion for you today. Take your time when you read God's word. Write little things down, little verses down. Speak it to your spirit because like I said, the power of the tongue is in life or death. You can speak positivity in your predicament situation and then you respond appropriately or you can speak negativity to your spirit. And guess what? Everything negative leads to a terrible mindset and a terrible mindset leads down a path of destruction. So thank you again for the opportunity. I, we appreciate all those who have come to 2022 with the mentality to continue to listen to the truth of the matter is. And we hope that this blesses you and we can't wait to talk to you next week. So let me say a quick prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much because we know anytime two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in the midst. Lord, we ask that you encourage us throughout the week. We ask that you continue to let your light shine in us. We pray that not only are we motivating to ourselves, because you told us in the book of Romans, let us be encouraged, let us be mutually encouraged by one another's faith. So we hope that we've encouraged some people. We hope that we've inspired some people all through your word of God. We know that it's foundational. We know that's the base for change. We know that with your word, all things are possible. Through your son, all things are possible. With that, Lord, we thank you. We appreciate you. We know that you're Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. We know that anything that we ask is according to your will, you will do. We know that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And we hope that with this prayer and this acts of you, that you will continue to bless our platform, bless those who are listening. And as we move on, we move on throughout the year of 2022. Let us be positive. Let us be critical thinkers. 
Let us be selfless individuals and let us move with the power to do what is right. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.